Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 Keys, you were lucky enough to uh, have skipped the funeral edition on on Monday, on Tuesday, whenever that was. But yes. uh, a pretty crappy game against Port, and we're trying to put that behind us and look to the no, future a little was, bit. <laughs> not as lucky as it was to have missed the actual game itself. So, ah, oh, beautiful, nicely um, done. <laughs> it's one of those things. One of the uh, benefits of working when the games are on. Sometimes <laughs> you miss them. So, yeah, it's a pretty grim reality at the moment, and that's what we're sort of looking at. But uh, yes. Is what it is. Uh, so anyway, the usual shtick before we jump in, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, you know where we are, we're on podcast feeds. Jump in the comments, have you say, tag a mate, all that good stuff. Uh, I think, Keys, I mean, the only thing I'm interested in today is, number one, when this flag is going to fall down because it managed to make it the whole way through the episode on Tuesday, which was good. Uh, number two, I think we're going to start with heroes and villains. So, Keys, get us underway. We'll talk about footy later, but that's no longer what this podcast is. This is now the airing of Grievance podcast. So, heroes and villains, we'll get right into it. Do you want to start with villains, I presume? Yeah. I've got go a on, couple then. of warm-ups. Couple of, yeah, right. Here we they're go. Not, they're not readily identifiable people, but just okay. narratives. Um, I'll start with the some stories starting to come out about North on the priority pick. Mm-hmm. And whether oh, they deserve yeah. one and things like that. Fuck off, they don't deserve one. Okay, yeah. they won the wooden spoon last year. You know, how many how many picks did Adelaide offer them for pick one? They knocked it back. They could yep. have had three first round picks for one, but they decided they wanted to um, have the bells and whistles of their big prize number one draft pick and knocked it all back. So, yep. um, you know, they got their they got their man. They could have had. Well, if, remember right, they could have had Rochelle plus a couple of others for a start. Yeah. So, fuck them. They don't deserve it. It's almost like they're not very good at running a football team and that should not be encouraged right. and rewarded. And can't, can't run a football club, get out of the comp, go back to the mm-hmm. VFL and leave a spot for the Tasmanian team. Maybe they can have a go. Yep. Um, so there's that. By the way, and very quickly. the other end of the ladder. Hang on real quick. And, We've got finished ninth, finished 12th. 17th and 18th. So, yeah, the 18th and 17th look bad, but 9th and 12th, okay, that's called football. That's called being in a downswing. You can't just put your hand out every time you're in a downswing because, you know, otherwise, where, where are we at? They beat us, so where are we at? Um, go the other end of the ladder and Melbourne, yeah. going, they're going nicely. You know, they're reigning premiers. They got off to a good start. They won six games. Good on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're already running out. Can they go undefeated? 22-0. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So that's, that's that. nice for them. No one's ever done it. 
when Collingwood back in, you know, when you didn't even have radio um, in the 1920s or something like that when there was five teams in the clock. Just pushing so, up down the road with a stick. So, you know, talking about going early, I mean, for fuck's sake, I mean, when they, if they start getting to 15 or 16 in a row, talk about it then. But, sure. you know, it's just typical fucking football media making up stories about shit that is completely irrelevant. So... Can I do and, one? Can I use that as the perfect segue then into my Villain of the Week nomination? Yeah, go in. Go. Which you, you know for sure where this is going. So media making shit up and then turning that into the story and all this. Kane Corns, aptly named Kane Corns Villain of the Week segment. So here he is. He uh, had a pop at Elliot Yo for his fitness or for his weight. I'm not quite clear on if it was actually for his weight or just for being underdone and not being ready. You know, sort of blew up halfway through that game before he got concussed. So he's done that, whatever, fine. The Eagles are down, we're down bad. Get stuck in, I don't mind. But now he's come back today with a written article in the West, having done an on-air segment earlier in the day with Jared Waitley about it, in which he said, oh, you can't can't say anything anymore. Can't even call a player's physique out. You can't mention it. It's uh, it's cancel culture. The cancel culture warriors are going to get you, is what he said. You know, I'm I, all I'm trying to do is, they're not plumbers, they're not tradies. Their body is their work. And I'm just trying to say, maybe get your body in shape. But no, I can't. I'm being cancelled. You're not being cancelled, Kane. You got paid to say that on Monday. You got paid to write about it today. You got paid to talk about it this morning. And you'll probably do an article about it tomorrow or, you know, if anybody speaks up about anything. That's not cancel culture. You're not being cancelled. Have a pop at Elliot, yo. Have a pop at McGovern. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Read the big footy board. If you think that weight is off limit, venture into a Nick Nat Nui thread on the big footy board, you know? That's not cancel culture. You've made up a story and now you're writing a second story about that story and I can guarantee there'll be a follow-up about this one at some point in the week. So, Kane Corns, get fucked. You're not being cancelled. Maybe Yoey's out of shape, but that's fine. You're allowed to, you're a footy journal, allegedly. He's a footy player. Talk about it. No one cares. If there truly was a cancel culture, he wouldn't have a job. No, he's being paid. Where? Oh, I'm being deplatformed. I have no platform. Tune in tomorrow when I'm paid to tell you more. Because he's shit at his job. Yeah. Not because he said, I mean, I saw the, 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 you know, when he said at the beginning of the week, and I didn't see too many people turn around saying, no, he's not fat. No, he's not underdone. No, no one cares. Was having a crack at him. Nobody most, cared. Most of the comments I thought said, agreed with him. I mean, I looked, and I looked at the photos and I, yeah, yeah, he's probably not looking in great shape. There might be rude. There's underlying reasons for that. But, you know, he's running out in the footy field. And if he's a bit, and he is, he's, he doesn't look, he doesn't look trim and he doesn't look as what he should be. But on oh, the burst so isn't there. So even cool away no, from... one's, no one's having a crack at him for saying it. So he's, he's invented this thing and now he's the victim of it. It's uh, it's bizarre. There is no cancel culture for Kane Corns other than people well, thinking he is a fuckwit. And we'll move into that because I think you might have pointed it out on Twitter as well. Hmm. Um, whilst we're talking about people fat, Nick Nat did his PCL and that was because <laughs> Nick Nat's fat. Yeah, you know he's too, he's carrying weight. That's why he's fucked his knee. Yeah, two ruckmen on the weekend do PCLs, and oh, now all of a sudden it's a problem with the ruck contest. Yep. Um. <laughs> oh fuck off, Faker. Cast yourself. Being a, being a prick as per usual. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Sean Darcy was running around with an aggressive look on his face. But by the way, if he doesn't, people go, "Oh, Sean Darcy's soft. Sean Darcy doesn't care." <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Willy Rioli went I mean, back with the flop too hard, but like a marking contest. Big bloke needing to throw their weight around and everything like that. Every yeah, time, look every eyes. time Mumford cr- crunched a rover in a tackle, they say, "Oh, big mummy, look at that! Isn't oh, that great?" Oh. It's like, you know, and I don't don't recall too many people calling him out for being fat when he landed on some poor broke and just about broke his neck. But nah, mummy's a good anyway, old boy. Is that so your is that your one, the, the ruckman or no? That's a warm up, right? Here we go, giddy up. So I had to I had to come up with someone without two cane corns and. It's a knobhead in the. It's not actually. This is not really a footy villain, uh, villain, but he made his mark, sort of feeding on the gravy train that footy offered him, and you know he's one of the prototype, one of the original gutter, you know, he's ambulance chaser. I know, I know where you're going just, with this. Everyone annoys. Yeah. Don't worry about being right because being first is more important. Being yep. heard is more important than being right. Scream from the rooftops, doesn't matter. Craig Hutchinson, you fat, bald <laughs> Take someone like you to buy into a club one year in and you broke a 35-year streak. Mm. Well done, you fucking peanut. And it, the worst thing about it is everyone in Perth could see it. Mm. As soon as it was announced, it was like Craig Hutchinson by the Wildcats. It's like, shit, there goes the streak. Because you've got a guy who doesn't give a shit about the team the culture or anything like that. He saw he saw an investment opportunity and he took it. Whilst he was owner of one of the other clubs at the same time or had an interest in the other team who coincidentally finished the season first. So go all you like, but and then you come out in the radio now and say, oh, sorry, guys. Oh. You know, these things happen. They didn't happen for 35 years until you came along, you dickhead. So he's... He wins. Nicely done. Nicely done. Appreciate that. Uh, do we have a palate cleanse? Do we have any heroes? Gary in the comments is asking no migs. Nah, no migs tonight. Just uh, Keys and myself doing what we do best, not talking about the football. Let's do some heroes, Keys. What do we got? Uh, we're all Gotham City at the moment. No heroes. <laughs> we, need a, we need a hero badly. Go on, then. Let's see what I can come up with on the fly. What about your boy, Greg Clark? Pretty happy about that. See him in, yeah, you know, well, well, in the yeah, kick around. We'll, we'll get into the changes uh, to the game proper. But, yeah, there's a guy who, you know, probably. Jay here saying it's, uh, this is presumably on the weight discussion. Backing up keys, what you said last week about nobody looking like uh, Smith from the Bulldogs yeah. when we were talking about, you know, no one's looking cut. So we're saying yeah. it on here. I, I don't think we're popular enough to be cancelled, but if we were, oh, bloody cancel culture. Um, yeah, Greg Clark, a oh, good story. You know, he's sort of missed out the draft when it looked like he was looking there, certainly to get drafted. Swallowed it, took the pill, went back to Waffle, worked on what he needed to, got himself, got himself buff. He actually makes some of our the mids look pretty bloody. <laughs> He's probably bigger than he's probably our biggest, strongest mid at the moment. Um, yeah, worked on his game, looked at his deficiencies, built on his strengths, um, remodeled his game. I mean, from what I understand, he was a bit of an outside winger type in juniors, and he's sort of developed himself to become like a an inside guy. So, gets his debut for the club he supported. So, yeah, good on him. Um, 
Has Clark got a good step slash agility? Asks Kane in uh, in the comments there. You would have seen a lot more of him than I will. I'll cop to that. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I think the knock the knock on him was he's probably a little on the on the slowish side, um, which is you know probably one of the reasons why he didn't get drafted, particularly as an outside as an outside tight running mid. You need pace in the AFL. Um, so you know that'll be something that we'll have to wait and see how he goes. Um, but he's strong. You look at look at Josh Kennedy from Sydney Swans. I mean, you know, he's carved out a pretty damn good career and like I could just about catch him um if I, on a on a really good day for me. But you know, Kennedy's not he's not quick, but he can find a footy and use it and mm. everything like that. And that's the sort of thing that we're hoping I guess we're hoping for from from Clark. So um in the absence of not much yeah. To um to go, uh, I'll go. Greg Clark is our hero of the week. Yeah, I reckon that's fair. I reckon it's a it's Lane Pickens, but uh, hopefully we're back here next week as well, talking about how he's hero of the week after a great debut. Now with that keys, I reckon we should actually talk some footy on this show just for a little bit. Uh, we play Richmond, and this is a matchup that in the past would have been. You know, headline, I know it's Friday night, but the AFL will be pretty flat about that now because we're dreadful. Richmond aren't much better than that. I still know where I'm going to be going with my tip towards the end of this, but let's look at the team. In is uh, Clark, as we've just mentioned. Gov is back and Sam petreski seaton is back. Foley is out. He misses his first game for the season. Bailey Williams is out as well. Elliot Yo, of course, out concussed. Zach Langdon out. He was the sub, however they categorize that. And we think there's a good chance keys that Andrew Gaff will be the sub this week. Uh, where do we want to start with that? Do we want to start with the ruck? Because the team on field looks a little bit tall, but then you look down the list and realise there's actually no real backup ruckman. It might be Stranatica and Harry Edwards. Yeah. I, interesting decision. I mean, it, it's sort of a it's a genuine departure from what we've gone with in the past um, in that we've been pretty keen to play two rucks and I think there's been plenty of justified commentary around the traps that, you know, we've looked too tall with two rack, two rucks and everything like that. Mm. Um, it's a big responsibility for uh, Stranatica. Mm. Um, rucking solo against, oh, fuck, I wish I paid attention to Richmond. I think Dan Kervis has been playing. Um, and I did hear Soldos coming into the side as well. So if Rich, Richmond are playing, and apologies if I've got this wrong, but I think Nankervis and Soldo are both playing. So, you Nankervis, know, probably yeah, two, yeah. Soldo is definitely one of the ins, but Nank played last week 24 hitters. Big out. hard bodies um, for Stranatica to have to um, bash up against. So, um, but, you know, we don't, it's not like we have another one waiting in the wings. You know, if we, if we play this, so it'd be Dixon, who's, mm. you know, pretty small and light for a proper ruck anyway. So, Looking at the team, it's sort of looking like Harry Edwards is going to be the one that will get the um, get the responsibility to um, Hugh Dixon, a potential sub late change, bring in the sub and, and the second ruck. Says our old mate Merkin on Facebook here. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I, certainly I, one approach. That's a that's a possibility. I mean, I don't. As a general rule, I don't like seeing at all as a as a sub because um, if you lose a running player early. Mm. 
Yeah, it's oh, yeah. not a not a particularly good light for light replacement. It sort of works out nicely if it goes the other way, where you can sort of manage someone coming off and bring on a guy like that. But geez, like I wouldn't want to be the Eagles planning on saying, "Oh, this is where this is how it's going to go, and we won't get any no. injuries until." And we can pick and choose who we take off at three-quarter time. I mean, you know, show his hamstrings. Yeah, we've spoken about, you know, his very floss hamstrings. So um, so I don't, I don't really like the idea of going with the tools back up. So it would only be, you know, maybe a late change where we, we drop someone um, late to bring in Dixon. But at this stage... Yeah, I mean, roll the dice and load up with mids. It's sort of been something that people have been calling for for a while. And mm, yeah, you know, we're in that we're in that sort of real unusual position for a club you know, somewhere where you don't really like it, but you want to see you compete competitive. Um, and you sort of got still a little bit mixed because a loss you don't like to lose. But in the overall scheme of things, a loss isn't necessarily the end of the world when you're looking at you know, the end of the year and draft picks and things like that. So we're not playing finals as much as the club's sort of making, you know, they're putting on their brave faces and saying we're still in it and yada, yada, yada. They're not. And if behind closed doors, they're not talking about, well, we need to look at our list. You know, give Stradaker a run, see how he copes with it see how we go rolling out some more mids and try some things. I mean, mm. that's what that's what this season is now. Roll the dice and some things, do some things a little bit differently. You know, we might get something that works out of it that we can, you know, look to build on Carry not just this of. year, but, you know, two, three years down the track. Yeah, we had a comment on Twitter here um, from Baldy saying wants to see more of Hoff soon. Less of Nelson, which is something I talked about potentially as a swap to find Hoff some space in the team. But uh, what margin is an honourable loss? Four goals, he asks. For me, Keys, it's not really about the margin. It's about effort. I mean, it's not a buzzword, but it's about the things we've talked about. Effort. It's about what we see. Like you said there, is there something in this game that we can take to next week, take to next season, take on, you know, this sort of stuff. The midfield is where I've got my most focused. It's been forced in a way just due to availability. But Nash Kelly West is the centre line as named. The ruck is Stranatica, Redden and Shuey. Interchange, SPS, O'Neill, Nelson and Clark. So we'll take Nelson out of that and say he's going to play back. You've also got Rioli there who spends a little bit of time on ball. But talking about the guys that are going to be attending the centre bounces, Nash Kelly West, very much on board with. SPS, O'Neill, Clark, very much on board with. Shuey and Redden, all right, I'll even concede, balance a bit of experience with the youth and all that sort of stuff. So... There's some players there where Redden and Shuey are the only real experienced ones. I know Kelly's an experienced AFL player, but he'll be here for a while, we hope. So that's sort of as close to getting a look at the next generation of midfielders that are on our list currently. That's kind of where I'm focusing this week, more than the margins. Oh, yeah, flags dead. Flags down, by the way. Where's that? 19-odd minutes in. There we go. Uh, but yeah, keep yeah, the mids. I, I think, yeah, margin... I think once you get... Once you're getting over five goals, that's sort of blowout territory. Mm. Um, I think, in some ways, it's how the margins, how the how the margin ends up. So, uh, you know, if we're in the game, you know, three quarter time and into the fourth quarter, 
and we're maybe only a goal or two down and we cough up three or four late goals, mm. it's go, well, you know, look, we're in it. We fell away just in the last 15 minutes. You probably cop that. If we play three quarters of identifiable footy and then we completely blow up and Richmond pour 10 goals on us at the end, that's why I don't want to set a margin because yep. it's going to be eye yeah. test stuff. Yeah. Conversely, if you sort of look at, say, the Sydney game, game is a bit of an example where we're, we're mm. 10 goals down at half time and then, you know, we Richmond take the foot off and we, you know, we pull back five or six goals in the second half and we lose by four or five, you know, you're going to be disappointed with that. It's how it's how you go when the game's on the line and how long you can keep that. I mean, we saw, you know, Port, you know, we're in the game at quarter time. It was, what, one point even? Awful you know, quarter for both teams, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, you know, so, you know, not great footy. Um, we weren't out of it. Nah. Then we got sort of taken apart in the second quarter and, and things like that. You want to see... You want to see that go for longer, and I think as much as anything, I think the bits I saw of Simpson's press conference today, it was like, well, you know, we've got to compete, we've got to be in the game for longer. Um, we can't afford to have these bad patches, and I think that's that's what you want to see, and you want to, you know, you want to see the guys having a genuine, having a genuine dip. I mean, if you get beaten by talent, talent, you get beaten by talent. But I mean, you know, Richmond aren't travelling great. They're going, no. they're going better than us. The um, names are recognised names, but it's not Richmond that we know. Yeah, I, I, I think their score we're, last we're week. Just, they should have been flogged last week, but they only lost by twenty odd. Yeah, I mean, and we're a bit the same. I mean, on paper, mm. so like, you know, that's not a, mm. it's not a bad side. I mean, we're not, but the the names aren't playing to, yeah. to what they're capable of. Um, so we just need to. I mean, it's funny. I mean, you go back to. Was it round fourteen, round fifteen last year? We played Richmond, yeah, at Optus, and in a really good game of footy. Was that our last that win at home? Might have been. Uh, no, we had one other. We okay. beat Adelaide or Adelaide St. or Kilda? St Kilda. We had a win St. over one of them was at home. Yeah. Um, and at the time it was like, I mean, we at the time we won, we thought, oh, this is like a turning point for our season at that time and things, which it was. But it was 180 degrees from where we thought it was going. Yeah, I remember we, coming in here thinking we're on and we're going to get the healthy so bodies we, back. Played, and, I had a look today. We've played played 15 games since then. Mm-hmm. We've won three of them. Oh, Jesus. Um, and for all of that, Richmond, in that same time, they've had four wins and a draw. Far so out. it was, I mean, at the time, it looked like a, a game between two powerhouses and it was a defining game. What we, mm. we thought at the time was a defining game of the season. Um, but since then, both clubs have, have really, really struggled. I mean, for there's been personnel issues behind both clubs having having um, the troubles they've had, but mm. both of them aren't looking like the sides they are. I mean, Richmond have probably been... They've traveled, they're travelling a little bit better than what we are. Um, I mean, they've, they've probably played a better calibre of side than what we have. Yeah, they have. Um, but you know, this you look at look at the side. I mean, this is a winnable game. Um, but I'm sure Richmond are looking at it going. This is a chance to get their season back on track as well. I mean, mm. they're, they're not coming over here with any fears whatsoever. Um, I mean, I'm sure we, if somehow we do manage to get over the line, Richmond will be really, really disappointed. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think this is uh, sort of anecdotal, I suppose. I don't have any proof of this, but given that Richmond leave the state four times a year, I think five this year, so, you know, get the frequent flyer, flyer miles up, good for them. But I think they'd circle every away game and think, you know, we can make a point here. I don't know how much narratives like that seep into the club internally, but come over, get your season back on track, have a good win here. Seems like something that they would very much like to do. So we're not going to have an easy task of it. Uh, A few comments coming through. Has Badger's flag ever lasted a full episode? Yes, it lasted on Tuesday. That's the whole point. I was keeping track of it. Also, this is only a this year thing. It lasted every episode last year. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Nation Stranatica still don't have their own jumpers. Amateur hour. Keys, this goes back to some stuff we've talked about a lot on here, which is just standards slipping across the board, things on the website. The the jumper, the Castore situation has been a farce from the start. Just little things, little things that shouldn't, you know, emails from the CEO should not need to be sent. Um, but that sort of leads into my next thing, and it comes from Kim. It's a question from Kim here. Do you think that behind closed doors, the shift of what they might call a transition, but really it is a rebuild, do you think that is now their focus? The message keys from the CEO this week makes me think that they're certainly aware that there's outside pressure. They're not stupid enough to still be clinging on, are they? Do you think they've really, you know, the Greg Clark debut was announced very early in the week to give some hope or certainly leaked early in the week. They're leaning into it now, right? Right? It's hard to know. Hmm. Um I think it's one. It's that thing. It's, it's a really tricky situation because you don't, as supporters, you don't want your club coming out and saying, "Well, we're rebuilding," because it looks like mm. they've given up. Given up, yeah. Um, and you don't want it. You don't want to give the players that out either. You don't want. You don't want the players feeling that, you know, what are we playing for? Because if the hierarchy looks like they're giving up, then the play the players are going to turn around and go, "Well, particularly the senior players." Because they've had yeah. their careers and, and things like that. I'm not I mean, the young guys here, so. have still got something to play for because they're trying to – some of them are playing for their contracts. Um, so yeah, – and we saw – you know, you saw what happened with Melbourne in the late 2000s, early 2010s, yeah. you know, where the hierarchy sort of said, um, well, you know, we, we don't want – we don't necessarily want to win. You know, they – I mean, we we even saw it ourselves at our own club in, you know, after the after the cousins and the the drug thing in two thousand and seven, and I mean the whoever was present at the time came out and and sort of said winning's not our priority, and we we were kind of rudderless for for two or three years there because yeah we were trying to rebuild our reputation as a club, and what happened on. That was what was happening off field was way more important when when on field, um, and you know the, the the players in 2008 especially that's that's what they looked like they just like mm. well where are we there was a lot of unrest so yeah you want the guys um, to still have hope until until there is until there really really isn't any mm. um, but you want them like. At the upper levels behind closed doors, you really want the thing where you, where they're saying, you know, at board level and with the, the main head coaching staff, you need them to be saying, right, we're looking at our list. We've got to see which of these guys have got a future going forward. We need to see we need to see what the coaches have got to offer. Yeah. Um we we the, the if this but and those guys aren't talking to Simpson saying 
you need to think about what your role going forward in the club is because you're going to have a couple of years where you're probably going to miss the finals. Mm. Um, that's a reality. You need to think about are you prepared to cop that uh, the flack and the, the judgment and the all the talk that goes with a club that's struggling, are you prepared to sit through that and cop that on the chin in the hope that you ride it out and you you get back up on the horse? We're a club that, you know, look at this. We don't have, historically, we've had down patches. We haven't had many and they haven't lasted the Three long. years, yeah. You know, years, you look at, years. you know, Multi has made, every, made finals every year. We had two years of judge that was shit. Mm. Worstwell came in, first six years he was coach. We made finals, won a flag, made a grand final. Um, then we had the drug blow up. We had three years down in the doldrums, bit of a dead cat bounce for a couple of years. Then we had a transition from Worstwell to Simpson. That's it. You know, grand final, grand final two, in year two. two. Two, three years and then we, we're back and we're, we're back getting into the finals and, and, and challenging again. So it's whether... But each time we've been down, it's cost the coach's job. Mm. 89, going back as far as 89, Jordan Todd had one bad year and he was out the door. Judge lasted two years. Worst of all, he survived the, the drug years for a little bit, but that was because you sort of there was you reasons couldn't... other than just on field, like we talked yeah. about. Um, but then 2013, we had a bad year and then that was it. He was gone and we brought someone new in. So mm. it's whether... They've got to decide whether Simpson's the right guy to to bring us through, and he's got to decide whether that's something he wants to do. Because I think we spoke about it. I think we spoke about it last week. Maybe you know the AFL doesn't have a long history of coaches that they had success, go back down, and then come back up. Um, there's precious few of them. So you know that's that's where we need the discussions behind closed doors to be at, um, and on field. The players have just—they've got to—they've got to give the supporters something to cheer about. It's really odd that you got—you know—Nisbet sending out emails. I mean, yeah, almost begging supporters to come to the game. Please turn up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's something. You know, that's pretty pretty bloody unusual. And I don't think—I can't think of that being the case too many times in the past, even no. in those years where we were struggling. No, beyond a. We have a big final. Let's sell it out and make a big atmosphere. Kind of g up, but this was not that. This was please come to our game. Um, let's <clears throat> let's get into our tips then, Keys. Uh, as I said, look for me, it's not really about the margin, but I will tip Richmond, and I reckon they'll win by six or seven goals. To be honest, probably maybe even a little bit more, but anything more than that, and you're really starting to lower your colours yet again. It's very sad that that's anything sort of a benchmark, but we know where we're at. Uh, for me, it's not about the margin. It's about what we see. It's about a brand because people have said before, you know, you, even if you didn't like it or if it wasn't up and flying, you knew what the Eagles brand was. You knew what the Eagles were trying to do. I don't really know what the Eagles are trying to do anymore. And they're sort of caught between changing and going a little bit more corridor, a little bit more play on from behind. But then when the pressure's on, they fall back into that kick mark and it's really ineffective like we saw over the last few years. So just start, it's not going to happen in one week, I know, but the email to me indicates that they can at least hear there's a lot of pressure. We've got a debut. The midfield's almost entirely youth slash new look slash whatever you want to call it. Let's just do something different. Just give me something that I can see where I go, all right, hopefully that 
stays and gets polished up week on week on week. So I'll say the I'll say sorry, Richmond are going to win seven or eight goals. I hope that our best on ground is one of the young mids. I hope it's Kelly. I hope it's SPS. You know, uh, so that's sort of what I'm going to be mainly looking for tomorrow. Who, who do you like to win, and uh, who do you want to see stand out for the Eagles? Yeah, I, I just as much as I'd like to, I just can't. No. I can't tip us. Um, I think Richmond will win. I think we'll see a, an improved effort. So I'm thinking uh, 28 points. There you go. Um, we'll run with that. Uh, and I just, I just want to see. I want to see the players try to attack the game. So, you know, I was talking to someone during the week, and I said. If you see a guy, he tries to take a, a a risky pass going in board from half back on the forty-five, and he kicks it and he turns it over. You go, all right. If that's the type of mistake we make, going for something, you know, trying to bite off something pretty, you know, high risk, high reward option, and it doesn't pay off. Fine. I'm happy with that. You know, yeah. well, you're not happy with it, but you go, well, at least he was trying something. At least he was, we're trying to trying to do something. The turnovers that, that I like, every other supporter hates, is those dinky little 20-metre backwards cross passes inside our defensive 50 that bounce in front of a player or fumbles it or some shit like that, and that costs a goal. They're the ones that kill you mm. because it was a shit kick. Even if the kick was marked, it, it was taking us nowhere. It wasn't going to lead to something else. It was all, probably only going to end up with a kick going back to the bloke you just kicked took the mark from. Yeah. So they're the ones that you, you see and you go, well, shit, you weren't even trying anything. You kick, you weren't under pressure. It was an easy skill and you fucked it up. Yeah, it's um, process versus result. At, at so, least make the process you know, right. You know, do something. If you're trying something, you know, if we if we do a kick out and it goes to the left instead of the right and it gets turned over and goes back over, fuck, at least we tried something. Go, okay, well, that's why we don't go left. Settle down. Can't go radical. Don't want to go too far the other way. That is a good um, one, though. The exit strategy. Please, can we not just try, have a big tack on the wing? You know, try something. And we haven't got. If you haven't got the footy, you can put pressure on someone. You can lay a tackle. Hmm. You know those sorts of things. You want to see. You want to see guys. Uh, I, this is you know, the other conversation I had during the week. You know, people talk about game plan and things like that, and I reckon if you have a list of things that are important. A lot of people are talking about the game plans. Game plan is not the most important thing. Most important thing for a side that runs out of the field is intent, because you can have the best game plan in the world, but if you haven't got the, the intent of the players that carry that out when they go out in the field, it'll fall apart. Mm. But even with a shit game plan, if you try hard, you'll you'll be at, at best you'll be. Look at a look at a game against Collingwood. Yeah. Or north with Did the we talent. We really had a game plan. We tried our guts out, mm. but it wasn't real. So a game plan was kind of like, well, shit, we're going to get smashed in the field, but let's just hold on and grip and just see how we can ride it. But um, and that's how you do it. You just you got to have you've got to have the intent, and without that, um, and that means you know uh, guys running to space, knowing they're not, not going to get the footy on a lead. Mm. So, so I'm going to lead to that spot over there because what that does, that creates a vacuum behind me for my teammate to run into so he can get that space. Um, 
you know, and the same defensively. It's like running defensively to fill up a hole because if you don't do that, that's when the whole thing backs, breaks down. And I guess what's happening with the side at the moment, the guys, they're not putting in. I mean, I'm sure they think they are, but there's plenty of vision being put up hmm. um, of, you know, guys not really. You, you, you look at you look at vision of of Melbourne, for example, you know, even Freeman. Oh, know, absolutely, hate, absolutely. Yeah, you know, look at look at the way Freeman, the way they're working for each other and things like that. You know, that's we don't have that. We're yeah. capable of it, but we don't have it at the moment. There's a confidence thing, things like that. So it's an important game because yeah, articles in the media are starting to filter through. We we got cut a fair bit of slack to start the season because injuries and COVID and things like that, and we were battling on and we were trying hard. We've got most of our players. You know, a good chunk of the players back now, and we've had them back for a couple of weeks, and we put in probably our two worst performances. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to turn around. And so if we have another game like the last two weeks, I think it, any any slack that we've been cut will go complete, and and they'll be after us. And I think Simpson's fairly lucky that he hasn't had the media questioning his job at the moment, like Leon Cameron and. There's another coach who's in the gun, or oh, Hinkley, sort of. Hinkley, Hinkley's almost out um, of the whole thing. Yeah, but Leon Cameron especially. Um, yeah. Another loss like that against Richmond at home in, on Friday. And Friday night, people watch it. Um, you'll start to see people, you know, the, the, the questions will come about Simpson and whether or not he should be, not just from the supporters, but from the media. Mm. And um, so they need... They need to have a real crack on uh, tomorrow night, and I, that's why I said I think they will. Um, but I still just don't think we've probably we've probably got enough in us to um, get over the line. But let's hope so. I mean, no Anthony crack. Hudson had that iconic call last year of Kenny the kick and that winning goal. Hopefully he's on the call again. Hopefully he's on the call again tomorrow. Guess yeah, exactly <laughs> it. Nicely done. Uh, right. So let's hope for a replay to that because who does Friday night commentary now? Probably BT. Probably get a oh. lot of boy oh boys. Oh, I know. Yeah, That's all right. you'll, you'll find a way to fuck it, won't you? Yeah. Get down to the ground. You don't have to hear it. And uh, Worst case scenario, we can all have a good hearty boo, make some fun for ourselves. All right, Keys, that'll probably do us for the week. Thank you very much for jumping on the show. Yeah. Now, well, let's, let's hope we have a win tomorrow night. Let's hope we have something good to talk about or a youngster or something. Give me something. Lose some weight. Give me something. I don't care. Anyway, that'll do us for the week, guys. Thank you very much for watching, listening, commenting, sharing, all that stuff. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled to Twitter, to Facebook, because we'll keep you in touch for when the next show is going to be as well. And other than that, we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Cheers, guys.